My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. I'm Ray. And we're here to talk about Star Wars. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, besides the new Ahsoka episode, part seven, fantastic episode, by the way. Yes. Um, the only other real big news happening is uh, that the that the writer's strike is pretty much done question mark the strike is over okay um the union has ended the strike however a deal has not been voted on okay so after about 140 some days the strike has come to an end and sag the other group on strike the actors has announced that a bargaining meeting will take place uh on october 2 so they will hopefully with the writer's strike coming to some sort of agreement that still has to be voted on that'll help give the actors leverage um, because they won on quite a lot of things that they were asking for. So the writers still have to vote to ratify the contract, which will take place early next month, but the union is allowing them to work in the meantime. It's a three-year agreement, which includes significant wins for the main things the writers had fought for, compensation, length yeah. of employment, size of staffs, and control of artificial intelligence, which that one is also a big one for the actors as well. Yes. According to a WGA statement, writers earned increased pay, health and pension contributions with the contract. I can speak with the contract extension, as well as new foreign streaming residuals and viewership based streaming bonuses. Wow. Um, so essentially, studios were keeping quiet about how well streaming was doing. Yeah. Uh, I read somewhere, I didn't have time to verify it, but I read somewhere that one of the people who worked on Supernatural, which is has been for years a top trending uh, show on Netflix, one of the people who worked on it hasn't made a dime off of it because there's no payment for uh, streaming. Yep. So now that streaming numbers will come out, they can be fairly compensated for how well a show does. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> right. Y'all are wondering why we're talking about this, because the other question is, what does this mean for Star Wars? This fall, we were supposed to get Skeleton Crew and then shortly after Acolyte and or season two, Tales of the Jedi season. Yeah, season two and then the Bad Batch season three. Most of that stuff has kind of been on hiatus just because of all the strikes happening. So with that being said, how far away do you think that the actor's strike is? And do you think it will end soon? I think when they have the discussion early next month, which is technically next week, right? That's next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's coming up soon. I'm hoping that with the writer's strike agreement that, like I said, it'll give a boost to the actors and it'll help them reach a settlement. Uh, I have a kind I have a theory that the studios were just like holding out to try and wait them out, waiting for them to cave. Yeah, because it's kind of a who's going to cave first scenario. And when Drew Barrymore announced she was going to start her show up again and the entire Internet just like pounced on that and just like ripped her apart mm -hmm. and she decided against it. 
I think it showed the studios how much support the strikes have. They kind of realized that they don't have as much power as they initially thought. Yeah. Um, so they were more willing to compromise. I don't know if we have to have something similar happen for the actors for a settlement to come up with that, but I'm hoping that the wins for the writers will parallel the wins for the actors. Absolutely. Because we can't really go forward with not just Star Wars, but with any show until all the strikes are over. So Yeah, I think your animated shows have a better chance um, because I don't believe voice actors are affected by the strike. However, if any actors are in SAG being on screen actors, they would be affected. So I'm not quite sure where that line is drawn. It's all a little fuzzy. We'll have to wait and see what happens, but hopefully they come to a settlement so we can get more projects very soon because it's weird getting anything after Ahsoka for a while and then, yeah. un until the new game, at least. Gamers uh, are on strike as well, or they're going to be. Okay, I, I, I was going to say, I knew they were talking about it, but I didn't think it was official. Yet. I don't know if it is official, but I think, if it isn't official yet, it's getting closer and closer okay. every day. For everything that you've seen of Ahsoka, fantastic stuff. Does that want you to explore that new galaxy that they have gone into? I'm always down to explore new galaxies in Star Wars. Yes. I think one thing that intrigued me a lot, especially in this last episode that I noticed, were all of the troopers being held together by that red fabric that matches the witches. Yes. And I'm like, I want backstory into that. Yeah, I want more of an explanation as to what exactly is going on there. The end of Star Wars Rebels is about a couple of years before the events of A New Hope. This is taking place a couple of years uh, after Return of the Jedi. So you're probably sitting around 10 to 15 years after the events of Star Wars Rebels. There's a lot of those happened, including what really happened to the Stormtroopers. A lot of people have theories that they're zombies, and then the Nice Sisters kind of used their magic to bring them back to life. But my thing is, when we saw the ship go into hyperspace at the end of Rebels, you only saw what was happening on the bridge. You didn't see what was happening on the rest of the ship. So my guess is all those Stormtroopers survived. And they just got older and Thrawn kind of started a new empire and he wanted a new look. And that was kind of the way that they went in. I can't explain the, the Stormtrooper look for Enoch, which looks amazing, by the way. That's the one with the gold face, right? Yeah. It's. Am I the only one upset by that? It's, why? it's so upsetting. I don't know why. I think because it's a Stormtrooper, but it's got such a human face. Yeah. It's, un it's like bordering on uncanny valley the thing about the stone trooper that was always you know kind of terrifying to people when they first watched it was they kind of looked like skeletons yeah uh and you had it definitely had like the like the eyes and then you had that mouth but it wasn't a frown it wasn't like a sad face it was just kind of there mm -hmm. with them adding more character to the costume itself i think it makes the stormtroopers even more intimidating in, in my opinion and i think giving enoch that roman empire type face which the internet's obsessing with the with roman empire right now which i think is what funny. is the roman empire of star wars the empire so do you think that people just sit around thinking about the empire all the time i mean i do that, 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 that that's why i have a stormtrooper costume my roman empire is the handmaidens of naboo so oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay that's my equivalent yeah yeah, no, I am. Um, oh, man. Something else that came out of is that there's there's the potential 
of a live action Star Wars: The Clone Wars show. Is it bad to say I'm not? I'm Excited. not into that. But what happens if we get like a cameo from Kira Knightley, Asabe? She doesn't even remember who she played in the movie, so that seems far fetched to me. But there's I this just... thing called money, and it's a powerful thing. Yeah. So <laughs> my thinking is right now Disney is doing live action versions of a lot of their animated films. Okay. And while I have loved many of them, Little Mermaid especially, but I'll not get into that. It, at a certain point, it kind of feels like they've run out of ideas and they're just rewriting old material in a way. And I wouldn't want that to happen with the Clone Wars. I wouldn't want them to be like, oh, we can make money by doing this entire thing over again. Let's do it. If we got like like a mini series or a one-off like short film or something that okay. wasn't like a full movie length thing, yeah. I think that would be cool if it added onto the story. But I wouldn't want to go back and retell stories in the Clone oh, Wars series. Oh, oh, okay, so... I don't think that's what they would do. I, I think they would come up with new stories just happening during that time from that time period. One of our listeners says, I want more Star Wars away from the Skywalker Sokka time frame. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. We definitely have a couple of stories coming up. Uh, there is the show Acolyte, which takes place during the High Republic. We actually talked about that last week. And then we also have the new movie by James Marangold. And I am so excited for that. I can't wait until that comes out. And that's taking place 26,000 years all the way back when the force is first being discovered and, you know, how the light side and dark side came to be and why it's not black and white in the very beginning. Yeah. And I think, oddly enough, I think the new Ray Skywalker movie might be a good way to usher us out of the Skywalker saga. Okay. Because she's going to be starting a, like a new Jedi. And I think that might allow us to start a new series off of the people she's training in Ooh, a way. Good, good, good. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a Ray Skywalker film, but yeah. she's there training people and we're following the people she's training. And then I think we could go off with their stories in sort of new trilogy kind of a way, possibly. And with the writer's strike over, that script should be coming soon, hopefully. Yeah. Um, the strike started two weeks before the first draft was due for yeah. that film. So hopefully that means it's almost finished for the first draft and we can get that soon and get that into production because that was slated for May of 26, I think. Of what of filming for next year? No, expected release oh. of May 26. May 2026. Oh, okay. wow. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, because it's 2023 right now. <laughs> right. Right. Because of because that was also going to be around the same time that we were supposed to get the Dave Filoni movie. And then the yes. James Mangold movie was that date was kind of up in the air because for that movie, there's a lot of pressure um, because that's kind of like the birth of the force. That's to me, that's a lot of pressure of making that film, because if you don't set it up right, if you don't give it a great origin story, you're kind of you're going to be butchering what George Lucas created. Yeah. So you have to do that story right. Yeah. You have to walk a fine line because you want to honor the original material that George Lucas created. But at the same time, you're telling stories that George Lucas did not write. 
yeah you're building on you he he built this little world and you're building thousands of pieces onto that world and you need to make it mesh with the correct timeline so you got to know your source material like nobody's business yeah because you don't want canon inconsistencies because yeah. as somebody who worked as a script supervisor on film sets where my only job is looking for continuity errors, yeah. those things drive me insane. <laughs> okay. Because you're supposed to have somebody there to specifically look for inconsistencies. And it's like, did you even do that? <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, no, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan, but also it's kind of like things are just kind of up in the air. So yeah. again, there's so much potential because now we are going into a new galaxy and there's so many plans to explore. There's so much to see. The fact that we got what we have in, in Ahsoka is great, but I'm just wanting more. I want to know what other you know species maybe that we love and adore came from this other galaxy and maybe they kind of went through hyperspace over the years and then finally got to our known galaxy of Star Wars where that Coruscant and everything is. Uh, because we don't know how large this new, this galaxy is really, uh, except from like the small kind of star maps that we saw in a couple of the episodes of where Morgan was trying to navigate a course to the planet of Paradia. Now, this may have been said, and I missed it, but the ship that Thrawn is on, yes, that ship was there, right? So his ship, the Chimera, went at the end of Star Wars Rebels. You haven't really watched Star Wars Rebels, right? No. Okay. So, and that's totally fine. Don't come at her. I um, mean, you can. <laughs> I'll fight. I'll fight. <laughs> uh, so that ship is called the Chi, uh It's called the Chimera, and at the end of Rebels, to save the capital city of Lothal, this is going to sound really weird, but Ezra Force connects with space whales called Purgle. Yes, and then they come in and they attach it. They attach themselves to the ship, and they go through hyperspace, kind of like what Ahsoka did. Yes. Okay. Um, but to me, I'm there's a big loophole right now, which I'm waiting for them to answer, is when they did go through hyperspace, the window in the Star Destroyers, it was open because of the Purgle like kind of crashed through and grabbed Thrawn and kind of wrapped him like up so he couldn't escape. And then they went through hyperspace. My first thought is okay, they would fly out the window or they would get you know how's he breathing in right, hyperspace right is and there oxygen in hyperspace i am waiting for them to answer that uh because there's a lot to uh i feel like there's some type of plot holes in there mm -hmm. we only got one episode left if the episode is not around an hour i'm gonna low-key panic just because there's a lot to answer, but also we could get it in, you know, maybe that would be the opening of the new uh, of the new Dave Filoni movie. And so, I would be fine with that. But at the same so time, so Thrawn's ship. Yes. Was taken by the space whales. Yes. To this new galaxy. Absolutely. OK. Why can't his ship just go into hyperspace and go back to the other galaxy? Because the Purgle are responsible for getting them that far. Okay, so the only way to get that far would be via Space Whale. Or you get 
a large enough hyperspace engine to get you there. And okay. that was the point of the So giant... it's like it takes too much gas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, well, no, 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 no. Not gas. More like horsepower in a car. You need enough speed to to get to this other galaxy. Because if you were trying to get there by normal hyperspace, again, science and Star Wars is weird. Uh, it sounds like it would take you maybe hundreds of years to get to this other galaxy. But be because if you have enough speed or enough power in a hyperdrive to get you there that's how you get to the other galaxy okay so it's it's more a matter of it's going to take too long to get there that you'll die so you need to go really 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 fast yes and you can't that that ship doesn't go really really fast it's kind of like us traveling to other planets in real life Um, okay so for mars again i'm not part of the astronomy team or anything like that so i don't know that much about space astronomy team <laughs> I, I, I don't know nasa <laughs> nasa sure uh but correct me if i'm wrong but even getting to the moon takes a while yeah so imagine trying to get to mars which they've sent drones and i mean and, or like get to pluto yeah well yeah i mean it's it's not a planet anymore pluto is a planet mm, okay uh, okay i believe in pluto and okay. pluto believes in me oh wow <laughs> wow that is a statement right there uh but yeah so basically it, it would take you a very long time to get there if you didn't have a large enough hyperdrive okay it's different for purgle because it kind of sounds like people got the idea to space travel and do hyperspace because of the purgle so then the next question, Ahsoka's ship is not going to be able to make it back. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So they just got to bank on some space whales swimming by. That or they have to try and catch catch up to Thrawn before he leaves. But they wouldn't be able to bring the ship. If if somehow they... Oh, wow. I, I just had a voice crack. <laughs> If they get to the Chimera in time and get to the hangar before it leaves the planet, that is the possibility to get there. Um, David, which I think, you know, maybe he's part of NASA. Um, no, but uh, he he says, I believe three, three days to the moon and about nine months to Mars with current tech. But if we're trying to get to any of the further planets, it would take a lot longer. Yeah. But you have to think this is a whole other galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Uh, so the fact that they have to use a very powerful uh, engine and stuff. So Ahsoka's ship could get back to the original galaxy potentially if Huyang was operating it. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> and he had enough battery power. Whoa, I don't know what he runs on. Well, yes and no, because you have to think that the other thing is about the other galaxy is you kind of have to have like a GPS knowing exactly where you need to go. They couldn't just go to Paradia uh, or Paridia because they didn't. First off, they they really didn't know where that planet was. So Second, they just have to pick a direction and drive and see where they end up. Kind, kind of, of thing. Yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll get off of that? Get out of that galaxy before the end of the show? I think Thrawn will. I don't know if they will. I know I know David and James were kind of hoping that they would 
potentially just keep chasing Thrawn in this new galaxy so that way we can explore this galaxy. But I'm like, the whole point of this show is hyping up the return of Thrawn. If he stays in the galaxy, to me, that's kind of it's kind of boring. And I'm sorry for saying that, but it's that this is this is hyping up the return of a very evil person, a a a villain that we fought in Rebels and in Legends. He's he's so intimidating. Not only because he's not a force wielder, but his mind is his weapon. He is kind of um, who's the who is the villain of Sherlock? Moriarty. Yes, he's like that, but in Star Wars. Wait, wasn't that actor who's playing Thrawn in Sherlock, or was that his brother? His brother. Wait, what? Which Mickelson was in was in Sherlock? Now I gotta give it a goog. What Sherlock? Because there's been a bunch of different versions. BBC Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't think it's who you're talking about. I thought one of them was in Sherlock. Well, now we're gonna figure it out because it's gonna bug me. Maybe. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. So, so the Thrawn actor is playing. Yeah, Lars. Moriarty. Okay. Okay. He plays. Oh, well, that did not. I clicked on it and it did not show me the answer. It's Charles. I think Augustus. Right. It's August is all that it's showing me. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> So Lars was in Sherlock. Yeah. Anyway, that was the complete tangent okay, well, that was pointless. Well, well anyway, I, he's like Moriarty. Yes. <laughs> and uh, most of our villains that we have in in the Star Wars um, shows and movies are force sensitive, mm-hmm. uh, or they're obsessed with force sensitive people because you've got Moff Gideon who was just trying to be stronger and then he was also trying to be force sensitive as well and now you've got this character who doesn't really care about the force in any way as as much as of our past villains did and he's just using his mind because he wants to control the galaxy with peace on a larger scale than the emperor i think and i think he he thinks that he could have done it better than the emperor um, I'm I'm picking up that kind of cockiness yeah. from him. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think that Thrawn will return. Some people don't think he will, but to me, if if the show ended with him coming in, of like of him coming out of hyperspace, our heroes are stuck in the other galaxy, and then the New Republic fleet is fighting the New Empire, and then Thrawn ends up kind of going into hiding. So he can gather his numbers more and, and and more followers and like the new empire kind of begins not on a larger scale as the original empire was, but just to the point of where through when these other shows come out, maybe Ahsoka season two, skeleton crew, all this other stuff will slowly um, build up to that Dave Filoni movie of where we get that giant fight. I mean, hey, if Ahsoka and friends don't make it out of that galaxy, that just leads us to the need for season two. So, yeah, but also they might just say, we'll save this for the Dave Filoni movie. Sure. Yeah. But I think something that I want out of the Dave Filoni movie is a second a second battle in Coruscant. But I want it to happen in the city of Coruscant, like uh, of where we have a giant dogfight ship battle in the city. So we can see more neon signs written in Arbesh that just say milk. Yes. 
<laughs> That's the whole point. You knew exactly why I wanted the show to happen. I need a compilation. I might just have to make it myself, but I need a compilation. Somebody out there compile all the times that milk just appears in the background because it's everywhere. Milk is such a big thing in the Star Wars universe. Why is it always milk? The ending could be Moff Gideon welcoming Thrawn back. Interesting. Uh, if you guys are listening, please send us your comments. We would love to hear from you and your theories of how the show will end and how the Dave Filoni movie will begin. Let's hear it. Um, but this person says the ending could be Moff Gideon welcoming Thrawn back. How do we feel about that? Because Thrawn, essentially, we thought Thrawn is dead. A lot of people think that the that that version of of not Thrawn, that version of Moff Gideon that died in season three of Mando was a clone because he didn't have a mustache. Wow. That's what people are going off of. I think I think it would be a really good opportunity for a mic drop moment where you just have everything like wrap up nice where like you think it's going to be fine and it just kind of cuts to black and there's like <sighs> a two second pause and then it comes back and you just see boots clicking and then it pans up and it's Moff Gideon and he just says welcome back and the camera turns around and it's thrown and then cue credits <laughs> and that's it <laughs> I I mean, hey, there's always that possibility. Brendan Bellman says, do you think Luke will find a way to come help if they get stuck in the other galaxy? I think that would be great. I think having a moment of where they're where they're there and then Luke Skywalker shows up on the Millennium Falcon and then he like walks off and we maybe get Han, Chewie and Lando and then Luke and then we we like want to see Leia at that point just because she's so involved in, in, in the New Republic right now. But Han and Chewie and them are kind of going off and doing their own thing at this point. So seeing them come in or maybe it would just be Luke and Lando because there's a couple of stories right now where Lando and Luke are trying to find Exegol and, you know, yeah, kind of go and do their own thing. So I, I, I could also see that happening. And we know that Billy D. Williams would, you know, he does he does anything with lando any chance he gets um so i would say that would be amazing to have him come back of course they would do the deep fake stuff with mm -hmm. ai and all but it would it would still be very cool to see david says feels like at this point thrawn makes it back to the new republic galaxy with an empire strikes back ending but said with her hero stranded on peridia and now um the op'd balin how did you feel about Balin leaving Shin? I am so intrigued. Yeah. I have like so many ideas whirling around my head because she's like, you're not going to help. And he's like, nah, fam, my path <laughs> lies elsewhere. And she's like, like she, she's very hard to read. So I don't know if I'm reading into it, but she almost looked like emotional and like a little betrayed. Yeah. Almost kind of like she was being abandoned. And I'm like, what is in her history? Um, but I think from the little bits that we've gotten, I think Balin sees that Shin is a little dark and very much 
amped up for this new empire being a Sith kind of a thing. Yeah. Instead of not a Sith, not a Jedi, which is kind of where Balin is. He's kind of just. Okay. I don't want to say a loose cannon. He's just, he kind of flies in between the two where he was a Jedi and the Jedi aren't a thing anymore necessarily. And, but he's not a Sith. Yeah. Yes. So to me, what's coming off for his story is that he's trying to do something bigger. I know a couple of people are saying that he's that he kind of left her to do her own thing because their paths are going in a different way. And he and his mind, he's like, I'm just going to slow her down or she's going to slow me down. I don't need to be here for this. And then the two big theories right now and the big one for me is which I'll leave with this one is that he wants to end the cycle. He wants to end the cycle of power. Yes. So my guess is he will go and try and kill Thrawn. Thrawn stops him in some way. There will be some big reveal. Maybe Thrawn has another force wielder up his sleeve that, that he's been kind of saving to the side. That's been on that planet all this time. And then boom, Balin dies because unfortunately the, the uh, actor Ray Stevenson passed away. Yeah. So he, he really can't continue his story live action, but there are other ways to do it. So um, who knows? I think when he said, when he essentially told her that we're going different ways, it almost felt like he's taught her all that he can. Yeah. And she wants the dark side so much. And he doesn't that he can't really teach her anymore because they're just, they have different ideologies. That's a good, and yeah. He's not going to be able to change her mind and she's not changing his mind. So that, they kind of reach a point where he's like, this is all I can do for you. Go join the empire and have a grand old time. I'm, I'm going to go do my own thing. Uh, I'm not joining this empire, but I'm not joining the rebellion. I just, you, you go, go live your dream kind of a thing. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. What's going to become of Shin? Because when she kind of got cornered by Ahsoka and company. she <laughs> Ahsoka and company. I'm, I'm going to come up with different names every single time. <laughs> Ahsoka said, let me help you. And I knew as soon as it cut back to her, I was like, she's she's not going to oh, no. just hand it over. There's no way. I was like, I feel like she'd rather die than go over to the other side. Um, at least at this point. Who's to say what character development will do? But also she kind of just looked like a scared kid in that moment when she just turned around and ran. Yeah, it's a little bit of a mystery as to what she's going to do if she's going to go to the comfort of like the dark side or if she's going to find Balin again, try and stick with him or what. She's so conflicted. Yeah. Uh, And I think I said this yesterday but her path is very similar to kylo ren's and i think that she wants to join the dark side because she thinks she has to uh and that's very similar what happened to kylo because he's like "Ooh, darth vader was my grandfather and that path is in front of me and i think i should follow down that path because that's part of my heritage it's also feels a little 
power hungry in yes. a way because when she was first fighting with Sabine and Sabine tried to use the force and she couldn't uh Shin just says you have no power like very intimidatingly yeah power seems it seems like she relies completely on her connection with the force and ability to use it that gives her her sense of identity i don't know because being ahsoka and co i think she realized that the force can't get her out of this one and so she felt kind of powerless and okay. she ran i don't know what she'll do i want more of her though yeah and someone else says do we think that shin will turn good and become ahsoka's apprentice no i'm i'm i'm, I'm thinking the same thing as well and something else that I think is maybe a hot take is I don't really want. And again, I have nothing against Sabine, nothing at all, but I really don't want Sabine to be a Jedi um, because her whole story in rebels is her kind of accepting her heritage of being a Mandalorian and her kind of being afraid of, yes, she wears the armor she she has family that are Mandalorians, but I think she was kind of afraid of kind of going back to that. And the whole point of her story in there was kind of accepting who she was and accepting her past and moving forward. Now you go into the and in, into this show, and she kind of has hung up the armor and all that stuff, and now she's using a lightsaber. But because she has that as her main focus, she's not as great as of a Mandalorian as she used to be, in my opinion. You actually see her taking shots at stormtroopers, and she's missing most of them. And that really shows you that she has been distracted with trying to be something that she's not. I think the end of the show, I think sh she should realize and be like, I'm not ready to be a Jedi, or my path is with my people. And maybe when she gets back to the known galaxy, she you know, has a talk with Ahsoka and Ezra and was like, you know... This whole Jedi thing is great. It's not for me, though. My path leads elsewhere, and it ends with her going to Mandalore, talking to Bo-Katan, and then, you know, she's with her people, and then she becomes a better Mandalorian because of it. I think that would be a great thing for her character. I know David wants her to be uh, a Mandalorian Jedi. I'm, I'm fine with that, too. But I think that her whole story in Rebels was her going back to her being a full-out Mandalorian. I don't think Shin will turn good because it it <laughs> feels feels kind of cheesy. Like everybody has to be turned to the good side. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, some people float in between. Some people are just dark. Some people are on the dark side and they're not all dark. It's just there's all these different varieties and I feel like she doesn't have to turn to the light side yeah i feel she might be like our first on-screen gray jedi pablo hildago made it very clear that the gray jedi is not canon well maybe not like a canonically gray jedi but like everything that like they're not gonna label it that way but she kind of has that mentality yeah i mean that's technically what 
kind of like Shin a Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, well. How he's not a good guy or a bad guy. He just is. He's an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm fine with that. I don't mind it. But they have to come up with a new name or they have to. It's. I don't think she would take the name Grey Jedi. I don't think she would take anything with Jedi in the title. Yeah. Um, But I feel like she could easily become what a gray Jedi is, okay. but not not taking a name with it or giving it a name or even a category. I mean, they kind of did that with Ahsoka uh, just because um, after Order 66, Ahsoka dropped her blue lightsabers and she kind of walked away. And then she dealt with that Sith Inquisitor, took his Kyber crystals and she purified them. But they turned white. And that was because she's not a Jedi anymore. She saw the conflict and the problems that was happening in the Jedi Order. Because at that point of the Clone Wars and everything, especially in the prequels, you see that the Jedi are corrupt by the Senate and everything happening going on. And they're not really peacekeepers anymore. They're really like the attack dogs of the Senate. And they'll do anything just to kind of keep the peace. And it's more political. But... Honestly, I think that if they do something like that going forward, they, they do need to come up with a new name for it. Because I think having the word Grey Jedi, having the word Jedi in something that you're not doesn't make sense. To yeah. Me. So I'm 100% with you on that. So if you guys think of a name for that, put that in the comments. Because I can't really think of... I'm trying to think of like one of those like celebrity couple names of how you could combine <laughs> Jedi and Sith. Hey, hey, mm, someone says a gray Sith. Uh, no, because they're also not a Sith either. The whole point of a gray Jedi was that it's in the middle because they follow some of the beliefs of the Sith and follow some of the beliefs of the Jedi. Yeah. But they're not following specifically the Jedi and specifically the Sith. The, uh, which, in a way, to me, Anakin was, quotations, a great Jedi just because of he definitely did not follow um, most of the Jedi protocol. And he definitely did do some war crimes during the Clone Wars. Uh, are, are you laughing, B? I just had a really funny idea. <laughs> okay. Now she's serious. Ahsoka and company are everything okay. and she's just shin i don't get it barbie movie i haven't seen it yet oh my gosh and i know anyway so ahsoka yeah. <laughs> is everything and she's just shin she just is she's just shin she just is could anyone walking away from their true purpose actually be able to purify a kyber crystal or would it only reflect an image or color of of their turn that's that's a good question and yeah andrew you were on the other day and you actually had some great comments um that's a good one okay well then that makes me wonder do different colors have different meanings yes i don't know them on the top of my head but because like there's blue and green so and then there's yellow and purple green is more for the is where you're more force strong so you you're more powerful in the force than you are a lightsaber wielder so 
So then would blue be your more... Well, then what the heck is Luke? Oh, wait, no. Green. He was using his dad's lightsaber. Yeah, I, I, but... it took me two seconds right. to realize that. Right, so, and... <laughs> And the people who use the green lightsaber rely on the force more than their actual lightsaber. So they're more on the defense than the offense. The people with the blue lightsabers are more on the offense. And which they, explains Anakin and Obi Wan and uh, and Obi Wan is green, isn't he? No. Dude, I'm having a brain fart. So <laughs> wow. Okay. We just wow. I don't know my colors. Okay, Obi. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Look, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Obi Wan and Anakin have blue lightsabers. I haven't even seen. I haven't seen. Don't say and, it, please. Don't. I haven't seen anything with Obi Wan since the show in spring of twenty two. And what lightsaber did he have? I don't recall. <laughs> you weren't there. The actors in the room. I was sitting next to you. We saw him turn on his lightsaber. And I was obsessing that George Wickham was in the audience. One of the guys, the the Inquisitor in Obi-Wan Kenobi played oh. George Wickham in the 2005 Pride oh, and Prejudice, yeah, yeah, yeah. my Roman Empire. There you go. There you go. Um, Look, I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> okay. My plate is wow. full and I'm spinning three in the air. It's Thanksgiving dinner, and I've got all the food on my plates. <laughs> okay, so the blue lightsabers. It's okay. I okay. dropped one. <laughs> so the blue lightsabers uh, mean that you use the force, but you're but you are really on the uh, on the offensive side of things. Okay. So you charge into battle. You are very good with the lightsaber, but then that kind of contradicts some different Jedi because you've got Kit Fisto, who was also one of the best lightsaber duelists in the Jedi Order, but he had a green lightsaber. But he was more force-wielding of it. Would you say that Obi-Wan just charges into things, though? I feel like he's more of a thinker. Uh, did you watch the Clone Wars? I mean, he's not always smart. <laughs> yeah. Look, but Padme... Anakin and Obi-Wan all share one brain cell and they have to fight over it. So 50% of the time Padme <laughs> has it, 50% of the time Obi-Wan has it, and 0% of the time Anakin has it. Of what you're saying is true from a certain point of view. But Oh will, no, it's canon. So <laughs> for Obi-Wan, he definitely did charge into battle sometimes because there's the whole malevolence arc of where where he goes in and then um, he does something that Anakin probably would have done. And I know that his teachings come off sometimes as, you know, Anakin, don't do this, don't do this. But then Obi-Wan does exactly what Anakin, you know, does. Do as I say, not as I do. Yes, <laughs> yes. That is an actual line from the show. So um, it's... Uh, his teaching style is very funny, but uh, Andrew says that the Jedi Guardian is blue, the Jedi Counselor is green, Jedi Senator is yellow, and um, those are the classes from Knights of the Old Republic. But you do have the Jedi uh, Temple Guards that traditionally have yellow lightsabers, mm -hmm. and the and the Grand Inquisitor actually was a Jedi Temple Guard. Hmm. Yeah. George Wickham is a Temple Guard. 
sure. was. Sure. <laughs> All of my fandoms are bleeding together at this point. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, so the whole Grudge Jedi thing, I don't know. I don't think I'm a big fan of that name. No, it needs a new name. I'll make a poll on Instagram and see if we can get some like potential names for or just make it open ended. People okay. submit their different answers because if it's a poll, then we have to come up with oh, ideas. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Not a poll. A questionnaire where people yeah, yeah, send yeah. their answers in, and then the next time we record is, you know, this is what we think a great, great Jedi should actually be called if they end up being a great Jedi. Because to me, technically, they are a great Jedi, but they're not saying it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I also saw a theory. Okay. That I didn't really think too hard about, but it would be neat uh, that Shin is um, Phasma. The timeline works, but but I don't know that anything else of it does. But she <laughs> would just no. That doesn't make sense because she, what? Only if she stayed with the Empire would that work out. And would she just conceal her Force abilities and just kind of hide them away because? one of the biggest disappointments about the sequels was Captain Phasma was built up to be this big character and was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. Captain Phasma and Finn. Yep. But Captain Phasma got less screen time and then she's in the last shredded for a bit and then she... Dies? Yeah. Well, she falls, doesn't she? She yeah. just falls. And when I you... I don't think she's coming back. Well, in Star Wars, when you fall... You don't always die. Right, but the fact that that there was a hole in the bottom of the ship, she probably flew out in, into space. And there was already a hole in her helmet after that. Well, because Palpatine fell. You didn't see the body. Right, he came back. But he was force sensitive and he put his Luke fell. So Luke You didn't see a body. He came back. He fell after Vader chopped his hand off. Well, yeah, but that's different. He fell. Darth Maul fell. He came back as a Robo Man. You are missing a big element out of all these people <laughs> that you just listed, which they're all force sensitive. Captain Phasma is not force sensitive. Well, you know, they fell and they didn't die. Yeah, Han Solo got stabbed in the chest and then the planet blew up. Do you think he's alive? <laughs> I mean, maybe. No. <laughs> no, I know he's not. <laughs> but he didn't. He, you saw, you saw a dead body before he fell. He died before he fell. Captain Phasma is dead, Ray. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let it go. Let the past die. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you fall in Star Wars, that doesn't necessarily mean you die. Mace Windu. He could be alive. He fell. Th Actually, that is a real Thank theory, you. though. Thank you. He fell. But he's he force sensitive. <laughs> but he's force sensitive. That's the difference between all the characters that you're comparing to Phasma. <laughs> Who's to say? She is not force sensitive. She's not. <laughs> She's not. I think we'll just leave this as a who's to say. No, <laughs> it's not a who's to say. You're wrong. I'm sorry. No, I'm not saying she is, but I am <laughs> saying that you don't. If you if we don't see the dead body, that doesn't necessarily mean they're dead. Okay. Somehow. Palpatine returned. <laughs> That's a whole thing, and I love how they said that in the in uh in in this in, in this episode because 
Hezra was just like, and the Emperor's dead, and Sabine was like, that's what they say. And that's a clear nod to not really explaining it in Rise of Skywalker, where Poe's like, somehow Palpatine returned, and then they just didn't elaborate on that. And then you have to find out in a comic book story, and I believe it's one of the Sabe? Yes. Yeah. So, in the, like, collections, the first one has Sabe appearing in it, and then there's this big battle on a planet where Vader faces off with the Amidalans. And then he leaves and goes back to Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, you let somebody live. I'm going to torture you. And then he goes on and off this tangent uh, where you see a bunch of cloning stuff. I skipped that one because it did not have Sabe in it. <laughs> well, in that comic, and I think it's hilarious, is that he goes to Exegol. He sees everything that the Emperor is planning. Yes. All of these star destroyers like under the ice, all of that, his like clones with like, you know, that are being prepped and all that. And does not tell Luke. And does not tell Luke. <laughs> so they just created a bigger plot hole of being like at the end of Return of the Jedi and also all the times that Anakin probably was a force ghost and talked to Luke over the years was just like, you know, here's my thing is that you have that sad ending um for re return of the jedi of where vader is just like tell your sister you were right you were right about me but also on exegol on this planet there is a bunch of like stuff the, the emperor is probably not dead you should check that out all right i'm peacing out bye like yeah well okay so he's on his deathbed for lack of a better term but he comes back as a force ghost one time he shows and, up to a party in 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 live action, but in the books and stuff, and including legends, he came back and talked to. But Luke. have those books been made canon? The one of where he actually comes and helps, which I haven't read yet, but for, I, I I did skim a section of where Ghost Anakin saves Obi. Um, Ghost Anakin saves Luke because it's when. Luke and Lando are trying to are going on their own adventure, and and you kind of hear about. Oh it and, yes, yeah, the one where they're trying to find Ochi, right? Yes, with Ray's parents. Yes, yes. My friend just gave me that book, yeah. and I am that's next on my to read list. Yeah, yeah. So it's that could have been explained. I'm just saying they they just created more of a plot hole, but it's I, fine. You I know, don't want to get into it. <laughs> Anakin is not the brightest lightsaber in the package. You take that back. He lost out on the brain cell fight. But he he did so much during the Clone I Wars. I think why on earth are you attacking all the good I'm things? I'm not that saying <laughs> he's he's not talented with a lightsaber. I'm saying he's not always bright. Well, yeah, but he charges headfirst into things and does not think. You cannot say that I'm wrong. Of what you're saying is true from a certain point of view, just because of the fact that he learns from his mistakes. And he he definitely gets better at the end. He definitely gets a lot better at the end. He does. At certain points, he does. He has his moments. Not many of them, but he has them. Mm, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. I'll allow that. Okay. Uh, Andrew, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, Palpatine's consciousness and body were cloned before his death. How do you think the depiction of thrawn so far uh so yes um and we actually see hints of that in in the mandalorian because we kind of see thrawn in 
I mean, not Thrawn. Uh, we kind of see Snoke in his cloning tube in season two of Mando. Yes. On on on, on Navarro. And they're like, what's going on with this? And that was also the same episode where we saw the green shirt jeans. Uh, with watch the guy. Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the live action depiction of Thrawn. I think they're doing great with it. I love how they br- brought Lars back. I would watch Rebels. I would like to. Yeah, yeah. Because of uh, season three is when Thrawn comes in, and and it's 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 fantastic. My only complaint about Thrawn in Ahsoka is that I wish there was a little more shading on the face paint. Okay. It, at some moments, it almost looks like they didn't do any makeup on him and just digitally made him blue. Oh, interesting. Um, I feel like they sh- th- it it just looks kind of flat sometimes. Okay. I I feel like there could have been more dimension. I'm not a makeup artist by any means. Okay. But that's that just kind of it kind of pulls me out sometimes. His eyes are also just really weird, but that's a you different matter entirely. It, yeah. No, uh but speaking of weird eyes, what is up with Ezra? <laughs> Why are his eyes so bright blue like he's being controlled by the Tesseract? Because that's that's what his eyes look like in the show. But why? Because that's how he was animated. Why are they so, so blue? It's unnaturally blue. I don't know. Who's but... to say? <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say this is not a crossover and Loki shows up in the last episode? No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's not happening. No. Uh, I would not complain. Uh, I'd have a lot of questions, but yes. I would not complain. <laughs> yeah. So, no, uh, I am excited to. I'm, I'm excited, but kind of low-key nervous for the season finale just because we it's just one episode left right yeah it's it's the last episode and if it's not at least an hour i'm gonna low-key panic um yeah there's a lot that got they got to get through oh my gosh no absolutely not bring on mephisto get out of (laughs) here that's how that's how mephisto gets into marvel canon through star wars uh noah richard says when are we reading the Star Wars books? Do you generally prefer canon stuff or legends? Ray, what's some books with Sabe in them? You just open a whole can of worms. Noah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I will try to contain myself. Um, when it comes to the books, I prefer canon stuff because unless it's like, okay, when I'm reading something that's an extension of a universe trying to differentiate what is and isn't canon becomes very tricky i i like when i'm reading it for it to be canon because then it's adding to the story and i don't have to think okay wait did that actually happen or was that just a story that i read um so i like it when like the books that i'm reading are canon because they just help connect all these different stories and give you more depth into things so I I am not a I haven't read any Le- legends content but I wouldn't necessarily be too interested in it because my brain would have a hard time keeping track of what, what is and isn't right. canon. Well, the other great thing is uh well, two great things is a lot of the legend novels and all that stuff is actually pretty cheap at any uh any store where you can buy books. So over at Barnes and Noble or you know, comic book stores, if they're there, they're probably cheap just because it's not the main 
canon stuff anymore. So they're at a lower price. So if you're interested in reading those books, I would go and and, and get them because they're probably going to be the lowest price you'll ever find them at. You could also support your local library as, as, as and get it for free. Absolutely. You could or you could go to a bookstore and then you could add it to your collection because there are collectors out there. This is true. But you're but I right. feel like if they're a collector, they would have already been on this. Yes. Go and support your local libraries. Okay. And then books with Sabe. <laughs> so there is a series. It's not technically called this, but um, I call it the Queen's Hands trilogy. Uh, okay. Someone asked E.K. Johnston, the author, if she had to name the series, what would it be called? And she said the Queen's Hands. Um, so it's basically the Padme trilogy. There is uh, Queen's Shadow, Queen's Peril, and Queen's Hope. The first two uh, you could read in any order, really. Um, the first book takes place during episode two. The second place takes... The second book takes place during episode one. Okay. And then the third book is uh, episode three. So they focus on Padme and her handmaidens. Uh, specifically for the one during episode one. It kind of sets up a little bit before the events of episode one, and then it kind of ends with the Trade Federation battle and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you get more insight as to what's happening on the planet during that invasion, because the film follows Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and everything, and you get more information about what's happening back at the home planet. And then... The Queen's Shadow book follows Padme when she first becomes a senator. And that's the first book. And so you follow Padme with Dorme, uh, Corday, and Verse as she becomes a senator. But then it also, all three of the books cut back and forth between Padme and her handmaidens and Sabe. Uh, so it's like a dual perspective. Yeah. Um, and at the end of Padme's reign as queen, she sends Sabe off to Tatooine because Padme, after meeting Anakin, had the big goal of wanting to go to Tatooine to free the slaves. She was very upset by the slavery. But then she was asked to become a senator. And she's like, I feel like I should really become a senator. Right. But I can't do both things at the same time. And so Osabe says, if only you could be in two places at once. And so she kind of volunteers, goes under Padme's request to Tatooine with Tanra, one of the Naboo guards. And they go undercover to free slaves on Tatooine. And you get to follow their little like adventures of like doing that and still like swapping places with Padme occasionally. Yeah. In the third book, not really a spoiler, but it's fun having this knowledge and watching um Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um Brea also uh is the one who figured out the code to like undo the chips in the slaves so they could leave the planet oh okay. wow yeah so she while those events are happening she's she's freeing slaves wow oh be uh, because of also during that movie is the events of jedi survivor uh as well so that's cool that all these things are overlapping yeah um if you guys want to learn more about the books, uh, Brooke and Ray are actually 
they will be doing a review on the whole trilogy on our Patreon at Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187 on patreon.com. So if you guys want more of uh, of an insight or you're very interested in those books or you would like to hear uh, their opinions, go and, go and check out the review coming soon to our Patreon. Um, but all that stuff is very, very fascinating to me because there's a there's a lot of stories like that that overlap with other uh, stories that are happening in live action. Yeah, and there's well. little like vignettes through the whole trilogy where like you get a little vignette into Shmi Skywalker and you get a little vignette into Brea and you get a little vignette into um shoot what's um Organa what's her name uh. Bail Organa's wife? Yeah. Oh, I can't think of her name. Is that Brea? And I'm mixing up the names. Hang on. No, Baru. Baru, not Brea. Oh. And Baru. Oh. Brea is. Wow. Right. Wow. Right. So. So Brea Organa is separate. When I was saying Brea, I meant Baru. And Baru. Yeah. Is freeing slaves on Tatooine. Oh, no way. Yeah. She. She, with the help of Versailles. Padme's handmaiden, who's very techie, uh, cracked the code to un- wow. deprogram the chips inside the slaves. Huh. Not Freya. Baru. What does Uncle Owen think about that? I don't know that he knows. Interesting. I think she's doing it very secretively. So she had like a secret life. Like, I was, oh, interesting. She's an international super spy. Super spy! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional. You gave me a microphone and we're sitting on a couch in person. It was going to be know, chaos. It's so great. We we're, we're, we're on a couch. We got mics. This is great. And we got Tatooine up here. There is more that we're adding to this wall, guys. I'm I'm so excited for this. But yeah, no, it's um uh we we love podcasting for all of you. So th- thank you so much for listening and everything. I think that's it for this week. That's, that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got one more question. And I think this is an interesting one for you. Um, so you. So Ray, this point mm-hmm. to you. It says, so you wouldn't want to show you. You wouldn't want to watch the show Visions. Then since it's more of a what if versus actual canon. Have you seen Visions? I haven't seen the second one. Is that out? Yes. I haven't seen the second season. Okay. I did watch the first. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of the anime, anime uh, okay. animation style. That's okay. Um, so I wasn't super into it. Um, the stories were kind of interesting, but I think for me, it's that that animation style isn't always very fluid. Okay. Um, it can be a little choppy sometimes. I agree with that. And um, the thing—it's of- just like a personal preference. I know a yeah. ton of people like it. It's just. It's a little hard for me to watch. Yeah. Um. I also have a really big problem when the mouth does not match the words. That's not necessarily a problem with visions because it's made for with originally using English, right? Yes. The animate they're animated to speak English for the yeah yeah okay yeah I have a hard time with dubbing. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Th- when it's out of sync, it it really throws my mind for a loop. I think because Visions is so unique 
with all because it's not even all the same style they're all different variations of yeah. anime i think that makes it different with it being non-canon um it makes it a little more obvious that it's a what if yeah. scenario also being a visual thing i can disconnect it from star wars canon but when like i'm reading that i'm just getting factual stuff into my brain yeah and i'm like what fact is true and what isn't so that's where i get thrown off <laughs> there you go there you go yeah no i so i think my i think my big thing about stuff like that is visions honestly i'm not that big into anime i love dragon ball z and everything but i'm not full into anime like some other other people are i thought the first season was interesting it was a very um, different take on star wars but the second season of visions is actually really good and i felt there were a lot of stories in that season that were to me i think would be great as as a canon story there are some stories in there where i'm like that would be awesome if that was canon uh so hopefully going forward we do get more stories like that just because of uh because the point of visions is that you are seeing different points of view from of star wars from different characters but also different animations in different countries mm -hmm. so each each episode of visions is from is from a different country most of the time so it's awesome to kind of get that uh, depiction from yeah from different countries of what star wars means to them yeah it's it's very yeah. interesting to watch and like i can appreciate it I'm just not really yeah. a huge fan, but I think yeah. the concept is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just wish I was into that. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Please go follow us on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Go on X. Also, you know, used to be known as Twitter. The app formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. At Stuff Pod. We're also on Thread, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, Josh is posting some great stuff over there. If you're on YouTube, thank you so much for listening to us uh on here we love hearing back from you guys um please go support us on on, on patreon like i said star wars stuff podcast at star wars stuff podcast 2187 we're also on tiktok we got some videos that are coming your way soon i don't know when but they are uh and <laughs> we're, we also got an email at star wars stuff uh star wars stuff podcast at gmail.com we also have a facebook group star wars stuff group and star wars stuff podcast page please go on apple podcast give us a review we love hearing back from you guys uh we have a website made by the great ray 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 hello uh star wars stuff podcast.com it's got all of our bios on there it's got a link to patreon youtube spotify apple podcast has got all of the links to everything on there go and check it out we're on twitch star wars stuff gaming and that's it do you have any uh wise words for the audience before we kick it Max Reaper only has two legs. May the force be with you.